Welcome to the Keeping Kids Safe podcast. My name is Karen Cohn. I am the co-founder of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety. This is your number one resource for all things related to your child's emotional, physical, and social well-being. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host and my friend, the executive director of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety, Megan Ferraro. Hi, Megan. Hi, Karen. I'm so excited to be here with you today to talk about internet safety with our kids and our teens and to learn more about how to keep everyone safe. Yeah, I'm so excited. We have um, an extra special guest here with us today, my 14-year-old daughter, Sydney, who is definitely a specialist. Definitely, she knows so much more than I know about Snapchat and some of the other social media apps that we're going to be talking about today. So, Sydney, welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sydney, as your mom and I were preparing for today's episode. I've I've never been on Snapchat before. And so I was like, do the stories disappear after and how long does it take for them to disappear? So I'm super glad that you were available and willing to join us. Of course. Yes, I took her away from studying, so <laughs> uh, we'll let you get back to that as soon as soon as possible, right? If I fail my history test, it's on you. <laughs> oh, there you no go. Pressure. Um, so, Sydney, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm 14. I'm in ninth grade. <laughs> so my kids are a little bit younger than yours, and they are not using social media yet. Um, but I know it's not too far away. So can you tell us, like, what do you love about social media and being on? And what's your favorite platform? And I don't know. Just give us the 411 or the scoop. So I would say my favorite platform, I don't really have a favorite. Maybe TikTok. That's the most addicting one. I don't know. It's Instagram. I like I like it because you get to see what other people are up to and like post things about your life if you want to or not post and just see what other people post. I don't know. I like Instagram, too. Snapchat, it it can be good, but it can also be like boring because every day like you have a streak with somebody. And if you don't snap them, then like for a whole day, then you lose a streak. And it kind of sometimes feels like. I don't know, a burden to like go back and have to snap all those people because you don't want to. So a streak is like a connection between two people. And then what do you see their stories more frequently if you have a streak with them? No, it doesn't really make a difference. It's just like if you snap them every day, like each day that starts a streak. So like my longest streak is probably, I think it's 640 days. You're on every day for 640 days. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a way that Snapchat obviously keeps the kids coming back. So they're giving them initiative to have these streaks with people. And um, there was a thing, there was a time also with Jenna where one of her closest friends from sleepaway camp was going away. And this is like post-sleepaway camp. I think she was in college at this point. And she was going to be out of the country. So she wasn't going to have good Wi-Fi to be able to connect. So Jenna... She gave Jenna access to go on to her Snapchat account so that she could keep up the streak while she was away. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so. That is a burden. Um, it mm. is a burden. Yes. 
And so do you get, so you, do you get punished Sydney for not having the streak or it's just more about like, you just lose your streak. It's not, you just lose the streak. And like, you get a warning basically, if you don't snap somebody for probably like 23 hours, there's like a, the time, a notification, the thing with the sand, the hourglass, Mm -hmm. the hourglass. Yeah. And, um, that's how, you know, like it's about to lose it. And I don't know, sometimes like. I don't like using Snapchat that much. I just snap, like, I. you can group snap people, which is where, like, you, like, take one photo and snap it to everybody. And I basically do that to just keep my streaks. And then I snap the people who I want to snap. So I would say Snap's probably my least favorite platform. I can understand why. That sounds kind of stressful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like going on Snapchat to, like, look at people's stories because I think those are funny. But not really to snap people. You said your favorite is TikTok. What, what types of videos are you looking at funny videos cooking videos what are you looking at a bunch of different videos a lot of my for you page which is like the main page that you just go on is funny videos and like and cooking videos yeah that too i've tried to make a bunch of stuff off of tiktok yeah some of the good things with tiktok has been um that both she sydney and jenna have cooked recipes or made recipes that they've they've gotten or they've seen on tiktok yeah and they're pretty good actually depending on you know what it is so that you know that's productive and of course tiktok really i think took off during the pandemic you know when we were all kind of stuck at home and you know that's one of the things that you know before um it, you know, one of the positives of having these apps is that it kept people connected when they couldn't be with each other in person. And, um, you know, of course, there's pros and cons to using all of these. And the biggest con is, of course, your time, because you can so easily get pulled in to it's ha- it happens to me where I get in and then you look up, you're like in a rabbit hole and you're like, wait, right. how did I get here? And, um, so while, you know, while I think that they can be positive, I think if you start your children too young, that it's not beneficial. I think, I think waiting as long as possible. And of course, as we talked about before we even started recording that, you know, the kids have peer pressure from their friends where their friends are all on it and they're talking about being on it and you feel left out. And, you know, that's real. What do you think about that, Sid? But, yeah, so Sid, when did we fir- when did you first get your your Snapchat account? Do you remember how old you were? Um, it was two, two years ago. Okay, so Sydney was 12. And um, I had to convince you guys so much to let me get it. I was probably the last, I was the last of my friends to get it. And, um, I congratulate myself (laughs) on that. (laughs) Good parenting Karen. And (laughs) I don't know when I would have been allowed to have TikTok if like it was a known social media app. Like if she knew what it was, then I don't know if you would have let me go get it. But um, what do you mean if I knew? Well, I I know what it is. I I still let you keep it. (laughs) No, you have. Okay. Well, I got it. I got TikTok in like sixth, maybe like, yeah, sixth grade. And um, I didn't know what it was. I, it basically came from this app Musical.ly and like it just developed from there. 
And so I didn't have Musical.ly, but I got TikTok. I I just got it with my friend to try it. And then I really liked it. So then I was on it a bunch. And then I guess my account was public or something. And then my mom and my sister found it. And then they made me delete the app, but I just kept re-downloading it every time I got my phone. So then eventually they just, like, gave up and, um... Well, no, I mean, that's one of the, um, one thing that we want to caution everyone about, especially for a parent who has not had experiences before. And that's, um, you know, making sure that you're, you check the privacy settings, on an app when you allow your child to download it and obviously do it with them because because what happened to me was that I had told Sydney no and she got it anyway and then oh we, that's true then we found that's out that then we found out that it was that her settings were public and that meant that anyone could follow her oh. and obviously that can be dangerous so you know those are you know important points that parents need to be thinking about. Um, I think personally that um, one of the biggest, you know, obviously uh, wait as long as possible before you allow your child to get an app to make sure that you're in, you know, that you're the one who's really uh, response, not responsible, but that you're being that you're in a situation where you're talking to your child about it and you are the one who is leading them. Um, because there are things like your privacy settings that you don't know and may not realize. And as a child, you're not going to realize that either. And then also what's really important is that a parent needs to model the behavior on the usage for electronics, because it's really like anything that you do as a parent. You want to model the behavior, and that way your, you know, your children see what you do. And if you're on your phone 24-7, they're going to want to be doing the same thing. And, you know, you still want to connect with your children outside of the apps. And you want to make sure that you have rules in place. Um, you can actually go on your phone and you can set a time where their, their phone is only on for a certain number of either hours or minutes and the period of time that they use the apps for. You can also set on your phones and just make sure that they shut down at that point. And some families choose to have their Wi-Fi turned off at a certain time at night. And this is, you know, more for when your children are older and they're up later. If they're not up late, you know, doing their homework, um, you want to make sure that at a certain hour they're forced to be off their phones because it's so easy to, oh, I'm bored. Let me just pick this up. Um, let me pick up my phone and just scroll through these, you know, these apps for, for the night. And so, and of course, talk to your kids. If your child feels uncomfortable in a situation or if there's someone trying to message them, you know, you have to tell them not to message them back to always, you know, talk with you about. I know they even have these messaging platforms on Roblox, which is a game that my kids play where kids, they can message, I guess Mm -hmm. that's their closest access to social media, where their friends can message them, but then I think random people can message them too. I don't, I, I, yeah. No, yeah, I know that they can. Yeah. Yeah, and also, you know, all of the video games as well, like Fortnite and 
What else? Fortnite do- doesn't work like that. No, but not messaging. But you, but you're, but you're actually using the app with your friends online. Yeah, but it's like it's like you play with people who you friend who you friended. Like, oh, okay, so that it's not random people. Like Henry's only friends with like three people, like AJ and so like his close friends. Yeah, who mm-hmm. he plays with. And um, what about yeah? Also mm-hmm. about Snapchat. I just remembered that I actually you didn't let me get it, and I got it on my own. So how did you keep your mom from and finding out? I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I'm just saying for our listeners, um, how can they make sure that their kids aren't hiding apps from them? So I would delete it before I turned my phone in at night just in case, and then I would re-download it in the morning, and um, I did that so many times. And then... <laughs> And then sounds like a big effort. It was like, it was like (laughs) for my mom, she, she, you were less, you were more so like you were letting me get it at that time because I had been convincing you for like two years. My dad was who wouldn't let me get it. So at, at one point, um, when, so we had screen time and I, and one time I was like so dumb, I accidentally sent a request to my mom to ask for more time on Snapchat. So like then she obviously <laughs> saw that I had Snapchat. And then I tried to delete it off her phone, but she saw it or something. <laughs> and and uh, and then she was like, you better not have Snapchat. But like she wasn't that mad, like because you were more so uh, letting me have it. And then my dad, um, he didn't figure it out until like six months after when I basically thought it was a known thing that I had Snapchat. And then he's like, wait, you have Snapchat? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then and then I tried to, like, lie and say that I didn't. And then eventually, like, it was just fine, and we didn't really care anymore. But I think it was, like, a month ago that I was, like, I sent my dad a video off of Snapchat, and it accidentally sent, like, add me, and then it sent my username. And he was like, he was like, wait, you have Snapchat? And I was like, I've had it for like two years. Sadly. Um, you know, a lot happened in our house where I was, you know, I really had a good, I had good control over everything with the screen time um, or pretty, not perfect, but I had control over making sure that the phones were being turned in at a certain time at night. And then once we were on lockdown and the pandemic hit, sort of everything just went out the window. And, um, you know, and obviously as the kids get older too, there's less risks around it, but you still want to make sure that your children are doing their homework. You want to make sure that they're, they're reading, reading books and, um, doing other things outside of electronics, even though, you know, TikTok can be a fun family um, activity that you do together, making videos. And I've done a couple of those with Sydney, not very many, but <laughs> I see other families that do more. And so, you know, it can, you know, there's obviously positives and negatives and you just want to make sure you keep your children safe around right and then also making sure that they know not to share their location or where they go to school and to keep their you know profiles private as you said but one of the things I wonder about Sydney is um like Instagram or any of these platforms where people are sharing their like the trips that they're going on or the clothes that they have like 
I know I'll say for me as an adult, some of my friends don't work and they go on great vacations all the time. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was on vacation. I can't imagine (laughs) if that was in front of me when I was a teenager, how hard that would be. So that is one of the things that I wonder about because we've seen all these stories about, um, you know, Facebook being aware that Instagram isn't healthy for teen girls and just wondering for a teen girl like yourself, what is it like for you to see that? Or do you feel like you have a good enough sense of self where it doesn't bother you? Well, vacations and clothes don't really bother they bother me that much because, um, I don't know, I just think. Like, maybe they're on a vacation and I'm, like, at home or something. I just, I don't know. I've been lucky enough to go on vacations in my life before that time, so it just doesn't really bother me. But I feel like what's most, what makes most teen girls vulnerable on Instagram and stuff is seeing other girls posting in, like, um, bikinis and stuff. Like, looking perfect. Yeah. Like, having the perfect body, um using filters to make themselves look really pretty and um, creating unrealistic views. Yeah, like a false narrative. Right, a false narrative of what um, reality is. And then it leads you to, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Sydney, but I know that it could lead you to comparing yourself and feeling like you don't measure up. Mm -hmm. And also like... It's people will edit um, their pictures. Not not a lot of people I know, but mostly people who are older than me. Like they'll edit their pictures and just make it so they look like so pretty, but it's very unrealistic. And like I wasn't, I'm like still not able to tell if things are edited or not. So it's like, oh, is that girl? Does she really look like that? Like should I be looking at like that and stuff like that? Well. You are beautiful and so cool. So hopefully that doesn't ever really affect you. But I will say that I ran into a friend from high school and she posts the most beautiful pictures online of herself, her husband and her kids. And I was saying to her, your pictures are, your kids are gorgeous. And she was like, oh, well, I spent a lot of time editing those pictures. You know that, right? And I was like, no, I thought that was just what they looked like. I was so surprised Mm. because I believed it. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, So I can imagine that as a teenager, that would be, I would have had a hard time with that as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And that's another good point that you bring up too. Like as parents, you also need to talk to your kids, you know, and help them to navigate those types of situations where if something does make you feel that uncomfortable, then take yourself off of it or take a break You don't have to be off permanently, but take a break from it and, um, you know, just try to be aware of how it makes you feel and talk to your kids about how many times it does um, allow you to paint a false picture of yourself. And so when you when you're looking at that person who looks perfect, they might not necessarily or actually or just like the reality that no one's life is perfect at all and some people only choose Mm -hmm. to share that really the the good parts of their life so yeah that's how like most people are they only they only share the perfect parts of their life like vacations clothes like new clothes like um new outfits hanging out with their friends going to parties all that stuff and like 
there's definitely downsides of people's life that happens to everybody but like they're not posting them right. like crying on instagram right for everybody to see right. although i have been seeing adults and especially adult women posting realistic photos yes. now but um definitely not teenagers no definitely i would not yeah i wouldn't have as a teenager <laughs> yeah. but as you become an adult, you realize, especially, you know, your mom's a good example of that. When you go through something really hard, you can teach people how to navigate whatever it is that they're struggling with by sharing and being open. So that's, but that's a lesson that you learn as you mm -hmm. age, right? As you grow and evolve, you learn what you're comfortable sharing and what you're not. What about Facebook? Are you ever on that or is that just for old people? <laughs> no, I've never <laughs> been on Facebook. <laughs> uh, well, that's just for the older folk. It's <laughs> for the over 40 crowd. Um, what else about social media? Anything else that you want to share with us? What about texting? Are you like, do you feel pressured to respond to text quickly? Definitely not. I don't, I mean, I know some people might, but like I'll see texts and just like not respond to them until way later. Cause if I'm, I just won't feel like responding and I it's don't really care. So I just let it like. So if that same person snap what about messaged you, would you respond more quickly on Snapchat than on text? Um, well, it kind of depends. So yeah. yes, because, but that's only because, so on Snapchat, when it pops up, you can't read it without them seeing, well, you're supposed to not be able to read the chat without them seeing oh, yeah. that you saw it. So, like, you tap it, and, like, you see the, and then it opens the chat, and then, like, you're able to see it. But there's this thing called the half swiping, which is what probably 99% of people do. And What's basically, that? you, you like, slide, you, like, you can slide your finger across, so, like, you can see the chat without fully opening it. And so, like, I guess if you see it, and it's, like, something normal, you just, like, open it, and then, like, quickly respond to it. And then, but if it's something, like... I don't know if it's if it's a friend getting mad at you or like or like a guy chatting you or something like that, then then I wouldn't respond to it right away. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like once you're if you see it and it's like normal, then it's like, right. oh, OK, I'll respond to it. But on text, it, I'll just see it. And it's like people don't text stuff like people don't text right. like bad stuff like that, like what some right. people do on Snapchat. What about DMing? DMing on I Instagram. Mean, Do you communicate that way a lot? Not no? no. People like swipe up like on my stories or I'll swipe up on people's stories and I that's pretty much it. Oh, okay. Is there any advice that you would like to give parents, Sydney, about social media and their children? Just that that if you're gonna make your kid wait and to like for a while to get social media if it comes to a point where they're really like begging you for it and like they're the only one of their friends and they're feeling left out I think you should give it to them because otherwise if you're because when you permit it then it's like you can keep it under control but if it's not then like you don't know what's happening like maybe your kid downloaded it without your permission like I don't know any children <laughs> that would have done that <laughs> But I don't, house. I don't do anything bad on Snapchat. It's just like, it's just like I, it came to the point where I felt like left out. Everybody was on Snapchat and I just really wanted it. Like I, I got all of my friends to send a video to my mom <laughs> to tell her to let me get Snapchat. 
Well, to me, and then I showed mine. <laughs> and then I still didn't allow it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will remember that when my kids uh, start asking me, because I'm sure they're not that far away from wanting mm-hmm. different. I only got Instagram last spring, last spring. So I don't know how old a year old this is, but. He's 11. Oh, so then I still, so then he still has like two yes. years if. If you want to wait until when I got it. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm less worried about him than I am about my nine-year-old. I feel like her, she's the last of her. <laughs> she was a, just downloaded Roblox and she just is now only wanting to talk to the, not wanting to, but just is only focused on talking to her friends that are on Roblox. So I have to remind her, hey, you know, mm-hmm. your this friend who's your best friend doesn't have Roblox. Have you called her yet today? You know, because they're quarantined. Um so have you called so-and-so today? You know, I know she doesn't have Roblox. You can't forget about her and just not talk to her because she doesn't have it yet. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, point. it's so interesting to see how, especially boys and girls, like I, I imagine it'll be a while before Will asks her that, but Millie will probably ask sooner. I think about Roblox is that, um, I think Roblox can be as, well, yeah, can be as, Oh, dangerous as the other social... They're not dangerous, mm-hmm. but, like, you know what I mean. Like, um, because on you can join a game, and you're joining a game maybe with, like, one or two of your friends, but then there's, like, a bunch of other people who you have no idea who they are, who they are and they're just chatting in the same chat, and you have no record of this chat, like, unless right. you take screenshots. And so, like... They're chatting in the same chat. Yeah, it's just big chat. You don't. You can individually message like one person at a time, but for the rest, everybody communicates over this one big chat. Can you turn that chat. chat off per game? Can you? I haven't been able to figure um, it out. You can. You can like, you can close the chat, but you can just click it again. But um, I don't think so, because that's like part of the game, and in each game, you just there's like. In your right. server, basically. You're talking to, like, all these strangers. And, like, if you become friends with them, one, right. they can add you as a friend like, super easily. And then, like, you, when they're playing, you can join them and play a new game with them. And it's, like, they're strangers. And they, like, ask you questions. Right. Like, when I, when I was younger, I would play that. And, like, they would ask me where I'm from or, like, stuff like that. And it, it's weird stuff. But you just have to know not to right. tell them, like, your information or anything and if you feel like in danger just leave the game and i also know there are hackers at one point so. yeah yeah so you know those are all the things that's why parents need to be really involved and talk to your kids and make sure that they are not talking with strangers not only not only in person, but also online, especially right. online. And especially never sharing your location or, you know, personal details about your family, right? And your life. Yeah. Oh, on Snapchat, yeah. you can share your location. Um, like, there's a thing, there's this thing called Snap Maps, and you can turn your Snap Map on to, so that everyone you have on Snapchat can see it, or that, like, you can do, like, everybody but, and then, like, exclude people, or you could do, like, um, only these friends and then you like select certain people who you want to share your location with and stuff like that but or you could just turn it fully off but hmm. yeah 
I also think that TikTok tracks you um, definitely because I will get videos from people who I don't, well, people who I know of, like, in where we are, mm. like, in my hometown. So they're, like, geo-targeting you. Like, yeah. So, like, I'll, I'll see TikToks with, like, I don't know, it's, like, from blah, blah. Like, they'll be wearing, like, a sweatshirt that has, like, our town on it or something like that. And I just, like, or it's somebody who I know who goes to, like, the school who, um, like, right next to mine. And it's, like, but I don't know them specifically. I just, like... They just come up on my page because I think they know, like, maybe all the people you follow and, like, I don't know if they can, like, mm-hmm. pin that or I don't know, but. If, I yeah, don't there's know. definitely ways. Because that. I know they track you because, like, I definitely am getting, I'm, I'm getting people from right. near Interesting. us. Anything else you want to share with us? Um, I think that's it. Well, thank you. It was so fun having you as our special guest. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking time away to be with us. Now go study of for course. your test. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> we do not want to be responsible for you not getting a good grade. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's um, if I I have it on Thursday, okay. so we'll. What be is okay. the subject? What what a history? It's on like religions, like Hinduism, Judaism, cool Christianity. Good luck. Okay. Yes. Okay, thank you. And now we're also getting to the age where Sydney actually turns in her phone to me so that well, she can I have study. a friend who has a safe and the kids turn the devices in at the and the laptops in at whatever time and she puts them in a safe. Locks them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I turn mine I turn mine in at night and I just plug them in. I also think last thing is that once you, when, if you give your kids a lot of free time with it, they'll figure out themselves how to control it. Because if you're constantly controlling it, they're, if, if you give it to them, they're going to be addicted to it. But, like, if you let them have it, then, like, they'll start to be able to develop when they should actually be using it and when they should not. Because, like, I know that I'm going to get addicted to, like, if I turn on TikTok right now, I'm not going to get off of it for, like, 30 minutes. Right. So I give it to her. And so... I can study, and it just benefits me. Even though, I, even though I don't want to do it, like it benefits me afterwards. So then, after I'm done studying, I can go on TikTok and feel better. Like not that I have like this guilty conscience of needing to study. Well, afterwards. that's very mature of you. I don't know if every kid's that mature. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It takes know. a it's while just... too, and some people might not ever be able to have right. that kind of discipline. You know, some people might just need to give it to another person to manage the process for you (laughs) sometimes I feel like I need that (laughs) um all right well thank you Sid okay thank you bye bye well that was a great interview that was a great interview interview is there anything else that well I'll just run through some of these tips that we have found um first Mm -hmm. is having those open conversations like we just had with Sydney about online activity and what it means and what they're seeing. Um, The second is, you know, keeping the screens and devices where you as a parent can see your child and see what they're doing. I was telling my kids the other day that when I was growing up, we had one computer in our family and it was set up in the family room. 
And if you wanted to use the computer, you were sitting at a desk in the family room while my parents sat and watched the news. So (laughs) they were literally over our shoulders. Mm. And that was back when AIM first came out, AOL Instant Messenger. Um, So obviously parental controls, having those on your children's devices, knowing who your children's friends are that they're speaking with or playing games with online, right? Sydney was just talking about the fact that in Roblox, you're playing with lots of random people that could be messaging you. Um, Also being aware of your privacy and protecting it. Whether it's your location, your real name, how many siblings you have, where you go to school, really keeping that information private. Um, And then along those lines, being aware of your family's digital footprint. So if you're sharing everything you do, everywhere you go, um, that's going to become evident for people that are trying to follow you online. So, you know, just be smart about the images that you share and the information you share about your family. And and along those lines, just keeping your location private, Um, keeping track of online time, right? So I think for kids between ages five and 17, they're not supposed to be on a screen for more than two hours a day. Uh, I think some of us probably exceeded that during periods of lockdown or quarantine, but really trying to be aware that they're not on all day. Um, Collecting those devices at the end of the day, it sounds like Karen, you and your family do that. So that's a great way to make sure that they're not tempted late at night. Um, And really, as you said at the beginning of this, Karen, leading by example, making sure that as parents, we, you know, are putting our phones down, that we're looking at each other in the eyes while we're having a conversation. We're not scrolling through our emails or texts while our kids are asking us a question that we're really putting our phones face down and having that one-to-one conversation. Um, And then, of course, you know, really trying to make sure that phones are not present at the dinner table so that that's a good time for conversation and catch up and to learn more about everyone's day. Yeah, it's important to have the quality time and show your kids that you're interested in what they have to say. Absolutely. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would, please um, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends and family. We would be so grateful. And with that, have a great week and we'll talk with you soon. 